Welcome to the podcast, The Other Woman and the Wife, where we discuss why infidelity exists and what we can learn from it. Today, I'm going to be going into the top reason people do not get a divorce, and it is money. I attempted to do this episode alone many times and failed, so I asked for help. So I have called upon Julie, one of our favorite guests, to come into the studio with me. <laughs> and do some back and forth about money, our relationship with money. How can we get a divorce if money stands in the way? I do not believe in problems that don't have a solution. I don't think those exist. So Julie, thanks for being here again. No problem. I'm happy to be here always. (laughs) You make me so comfortable. I do? Oh, yeah. Are you kidding me? I light up on screen. I feel like this is just an extension from the conversation that we were already having that we've just been on. It's an ongoing conversation. We never, never stop really talking. Ends. We never stop talking. <laughs> I don't know why people stop talking. Talking is fun. I don't know. It's the advantage of text. <laughs> it really is, except for when I am it's texting true. you in two different applications and I'm like, where are you? Where are you? Yeah, where are you? That's a... <laughs> that was hysterical Welcome. and I'm totally following it I'm like yeah, I okay, know over, over here I'm talking we're talking about this and then you're over here talking about it and I'm like oh yeah okay that's so that goes to here okay okay so I've had a couple of coaching calls with people where their chief reason like I asked this question on TikTok and you've seen this TikTok before where I said if your spouse came to you and asked for a divorce and your response would be an enthusiastic yes why aren't you the one asking for a divorce, right? Because if you already know what your response would be to somebody else asking for something, why aren't you giving it to yourself? Like, I really want to get into the meat of why. And the number one comment on that TikTok was money. It was all about, it was all about the money. And then I was like sitting by myself thinking out loud and I was like, Is it the lack of money? Is it an abundance of money? What is money really the problem or is it people's relationship with money and their comfort level in talking about money? What do you think? I think when you talk about money, what you really need to think more about is what is money. Money isn't just a stack of cash in front of you. Money is assets. So you're talking about dividing assets, not really dividing money if it was as simple as okay here's a million dollars you get 500 I get 500 believe me I'm sure a lot more people would be doing it Mm -hmm. but that million dollars is tied up in a lot of different things not it's tied up in homes maybe stocks furniture it's all kinds of things every single thing around you every just look around you everything costs money including you know so you're talking about dividing not cash. You're talking about dividing material things. And people invest a lot in material things. They invest mentally. It There's an ego. And I guess I would relate that to ego. Really? Yeah, because think about everything you buy, everything you do is attached to ego. You know, if I have a friend who wants to drive a Mercedes and won't drive drive a Subaru no matter what, it's because of the image she wants to project out to the world. Mm -hmm. And it's all about ego. So a lot of times you you see these people that are just driving around in these beautiful cars and they have beautiful homes, but they're credited up to the hilt because it's more about the appearance. Mm 
mm-hmm. of what you have, feel, you know, feed your ego. It's kind of how our society is built. Stan and I, we always talk about how what if we were to divorce, what would we do financially? And Stan is of the opinion that he's if I built it once, I can always build it again. And he definitely did do that whenever he departed his marriage that he exited when we met. And he had basically just left everything that he had with her with her. He wasn't interested in putting up a fight or anything like that. Stan is a unique character, though. He is unique. I can't imagine even whenever we have considered divorce, it's very clear to me that there wouldn't really be a lot of arguments around money. And I think that's just because Stan values earning money. I think that's his relationship with money. He likes his ability to earn money. He likes the security of a very large savings account. But he's also very secure in his ability to earn money, which has really shed its light on me, I'll say, because as I have seen him earn money, I'm like, oh, I'm totally capable of doing those things too. Like, why can't I earn money? And so then I I started to get really into the weeds in my mind about what is it about money that causes people to get in their own way. People constantly cite that money is the reason that they don't get a divorce. Is it really the money or is it the attachment to what the money does for you? Well, you also talked about, and we've talked about this before, most really wealthy people are risk takers and Stan's a risk taker. When I got divorced, I walked away from everything too. I knew I was capable of making money. I had a college degree. I I was confident. It takes confidence in, in yourself to believe that you are capable of going out there and working. And I think if you haven't worked for a long time and you've been home with the kids or whatever, I think it's mostly when you get out of the workforce, it's hard to get back in. But also it's a risk. It's a big risk. And if you're somebody that really craves comfort or you don't, you're afraid to take risks and you're afraid of losing everything, fear, here we go again with the fear factor thing, then you're not as eager or as confident to take that big leap into a new endeavor. Mm-hmm. or divorcing and recreating yourself. Yeah. The coaching call I was on, it was uh, there was a woman, she was in her 50s. She really wants to get out of her marriage. And I was asking her, okay, if you got the divorce, say you got the divorce, what would you do next? And she was like, I'd go back to school. And I was like, okay, all right, we're getting somewhere here. You want to be learning. And she and I asked her, I said, you know, how how would your husband respond if you just went and had that conversation or no? The question I asked her was, have you talked to your husband about how you want to go back to school? And she said, no. And I said, why not? And she said, because I already know that he's going to tell me no. And I was like, if you're anticipating a negative response, I think you can you're almost guaranteeing yourself a negative response. And I think that if you are a woman inside of a marriage and uh, you are financially dependent on your spouse, I think that there is a way out of uh, the state of being that you are in. And uh, when I say state of being, I'll say the state of being that this woman that I talked to was in was very much a I can't, 
attitude. Mm. This is never yeah. going to change attitude. And I think when we adopt those types of attitudes, we stunt ourselves. So when I was speaking with her, my advice to her was have the conversation. And she really, she told me she can't, she's too afraid, she doesn't want to open up a can of worms. And I was like, okay, well, this sounds like you might need some more coaching then. Because yeah. it, I think that she could, right? She is, she is a human being who is capable of speaking, but she doesn't want to go and talk to her husband about this because she fears his reaction. She fears getting into a fight with him. And it, so it... I think in order for her to get to a place where she is feeling more movement in her life, that positive change that she is obviously wanting, right? The learning. I started talking to her about coursework. Like she really does want financial independence. And she thinks that the way that she can go about securing financial independence is by way of having an education. She wants to have a job. She had sacrificed so much of herself for so many years with her children and her husband, who no longer cares to have a conversation with her inside the same house. It feels like watching somebody inside of a trap and then they have the key, just they're just holding it. I would say to that person, network, because yeah, it's great. Go get an education. I'm not discounting that at all. But as someone who actually is in education, whether you get an education or whether you go out immediately and start working and gathering experience, you're going to end up at the same place at the end of the day. Mm. I would suggest networking. Talk to as many people as you can. The first step in leaving in that situation that you're in, where it's so overwhelming, is finding people start talking to people that's how i found my job i just was talking to people and asking about jobs and just networking and my job fell in my lap because somebody else said oh i can't do this job i wish i could but i said i could do it and she said oh my god don't embarrass me you're not qualified don't call her but i did and i got the job so <laughs> you know what i mean you have to take a risk you have to be willing to put yourself out there you have to be willing to have a, someone say no and keep trying, but I knew that it would at least be a good experience to try to get yourself back in the door and learn how to talk to people and even interview or whatever. It's just the baby steps. Just take a step forward. So mm -hmm. That's so true. How did you find the courage to step outside of your marriage and become financially independent? Same thing. I became, I got that job before I left. But how did you yeah. find the courage to do it? to even find the job? What was the motivating factor for you? Um, well, I was in therapy and marriage counseling. We were in marriage counseling because he had, I found out he had been having an affair. And so we were in counseling and through that, maybe a month, two months into marriage counseling, eight o'clock night, I got a call from the marriage counselor and she said, is your husband home? He said, no. And she said, okay, can I talk to you privately? And I was like, okay, this is odd. <laughs> and I said, sure. But she was a friend of a friend. So she's twice removed person that I knew personally, but a therapist. And she just said, things are not going to change. You, if you can handle staying the way things are right now for the rest of your life, then stay in this marriage and things will just never change and this will be your marriage. But if that's not acceptable, if you're not willing to live in this marriage right now for the rest of your life, then you need to go and get a job. 
So it was somebody who told you to go get a job and you yeah, were like, oh, I, shit, I don't want my life to stay the same. I was like, oh, shit, she's telling me I'm getting a divorce because <laughs> like, I'm like, this is unacceptable. So I'm she said, get a job. You need to get a job. You need to be financially secure and independent. And so that's what I did. I got a job under the guise of I just want to work. I need my independence. I didn't say because I'm going to be leaving you or anything like that. Actually, my ex was pretty supportive of me getting the job. He actually took me to the job interview. I got the job while we were still going to counseling and everything. And I had that kind of under my belt. It was part-time, but I eventually went full-time. But yeah, before I left, I was getting a little bit of my own income. And once you start getting your own income, it empowers you. So I have some thoughts on this next question that I kind of want to ask out loud with your support in here because I am codependent and I don't like doing things alone, <laughs> which is why do couples fight over money? And my thoughts on that are the reason why people fight over money is it's not necessarily about the money, but rather it's their value and their belief systems about money that are at odds with one another. They can't actually see each other as individuals with a completely different set of values and beliefs. And so then they just bat it out because they're like, no, my value and belief system is the right one. And you should be the one who suffers. I'm the one who earned all the money. I'm the one who stayed home with the kids. I did this. Like it's a yeah. lot of I statements whenever they are in these I and you statements, you know, there's no there's no centering around the goal of the conversation, which is we both want a divorce. We're miserable with each other. How do we get out of this relationship peacefully? And when it comes to the money piece, all I hear all day is I don't have enough. And I'm like, not having enough money doesn't necessarily like grant or deny you peace and happiness. So what is it really? Again, I try to complete those sentences. I don't have enough what? What don't you have enough of? You don't have enough opportunity. You need more opportunity for your children. You need a more opportunity for you. You need more cars. You need more houses. What is enough? And I, it's your choice how you want to live. You don't, you could live very modestly. And also, I think you get different people together. There's two things going on there. You got a spender, maybe, and a saver. And so, like, careless spender <laughs> over here. What's up? And, <laughs> and then, you know, over here, you've got this miser or whatever. So, you're going to conflict. And then the other piece of that is if you aren't compatible, and, you know, this person wants to go, you know, buy a Corvette and, you know, join the Corvette club and you want to go on a cruise to the Caribbean, then, you know, if you don't have the same values, likes, if you don't like doing things together and you can't uh, even agree on the bait, that kind of stuff, then a little bit of a red flag, um, unless you're just one of these really independent, secure, confident, healthy non-codependent people person that's just like, you go do your thing and i'll meet up with you at some point but that's not how marriage works how does marriage work i'm very confused by it i think i mean 
does marriage work? That's actually what I'm trying to figure out with this whole <laughs> fucking adventure. I'm like, does marriage actually work or is it like completely ruined? Um, I think it does require. I mean, like an example is my ex was really into Winston Cup race car. I wasn't into that. I don't care about that. But I got into it. It wasn't really something that I would have thrown myself into or picked. But being with someone that knew all the drivers and knew all the backstory, I mean, I don't watch it now, but at the time, that's what you do for your marriage. You and try to indulge them and enjoy them. It's nobody wants to watch a movie again unless they're what it's. I want you to watch this movie with me. No, I don't want to watch it. I'm not going to watch it again. I wanted to watch it with you. It's that kind of thing. Wow. Have you ever done that? <laughs> you and I have a sickness. We have a sickness. I don't know what the fuck is happening here, but the other day I basically started crying to Stan, being like, can we watch one of your favorite movies together? And he was like, why? You fall asleep anyways. And I was like, honestly, dude, you really want to know why? It's because you don't talk very much and you do watch movies really well. And so I will try my damnedest to stay awake because I think I feel emotionally connected to you when I see the stories that move you. And then he was like, damn, where did that come from? And I was like, EQ, fool, get some. That comes back to the thing the other day where somebody said, oh, my gosh, I feel so used. I feel so used. And that whole thing about did you make them happy because he made you happy, you made him happy, who's really using you? Like you think you're, you were used now, but at the time you were actually getting something out of that, weren't you? Well, yeah. You really want yes. to. You what know happens what is you're no longer getting something out of that relationship <laughs> and you're still participating yeah. in it, right? You're yeah. still participating in the relationship. And then you're like, why am I participating in this relationship? And you start to resent yourself. Yeah, well, it goes back to equity, which goes back to money, equity. full circle. Yeah, yeah, a real equity. full circle. Money is power. So when you're in a marriage dynamic where you're raising the kids and your husband isn't completely valuing that as like a job that should be paying a million dollars plus a year, it's probably, can't even put a price on it. If they don't, super value if they don't value that and they see you as like that sitting on the couch eating bonbons what was that saying they used to say oh my god you know you just brought an image back to my mind <laughs> your power dynamics really off and so that's why i think it's nice to have your make your own money because it equals out that power a little bit they have a lot more say about what they think if they're making all the money they have more say about how to spend it i'm not yeah. saying that's right i'm saying that Happens. happens. That is what yeah. happens. A couple of years ago, I was debating whether I was, was my identity in stay-at-home mom or was it in working outside the home? I think I've gone back to work. I have really toggled myself, which like I am very privileged to have this position in life where I can do what I want because it at times I have been like, no, I want to be a stay-at-home mom. I really want to seize the moment with my children and then I like look around and I'm like, this is not what I thought it was. I want to go back to work. And then I go ahead and I look at what's available. I look at the I look at the job boards. I'm like, can I imagine myself doing this job? I have been using my imagination like intensely the last couple of years. And I would encourage anybody who is listening to this episode to use your imagination for good, not evil. Okay, you'll really fuck with yourself when you do that. But I had I had told Stan, I was like, look, I, if I wanted to get a divorce from you, 
I probably wouldn't ask because it feels like it's your money. And his response was like, it's our money. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't have my own money. And I want my own money. That's what I really want here. And so then I took my time because then it became a cost-benefit analysis for our household, right? How much does Chelsea need to be earning in order for us to be spending all this money on childcare? Can Chelsea get a job that's worth that much money? Does she attribute that much value to an organization? Yes, I do. Yeah, and what's the goal? Is that the goal? Is the goal just to come out in the in the? You know what I'm saying? And oh, that's I not was really totally fine, but I was actually totally fine with us just netting out because when yeah. it came down to it, it came down to how do I want to spend my time? Yeah. Do I want to spend my time at home with the kids doing the laundry and all of that? Or do I want to be inside of an office with colleagues and having adult relationships and all of that? It it was illuminating for me to figure out what I actually value in life. Once you find something you want, you can actually trace it back to how you want to spend your time. That's what I think. And so once I was able to... define the source of what it was that I wanted, which was adult relationships, community, not being around kids 24-7 because that was honestly killing me, killing my entire vibe. And if it doesn't kill your vibe, that's great. I'm so happy for you that I wanted to be that person. Turns out I'm not. But even even the decision to say, hey, I'm going to go get my financial independence What is that really providing you? It's providing you with the opportunity to spend your time differently. Well, there's more to it than that, too, because getting a job and and working is personal gratification, personal validation. It builds your self-esteem. You can get esteem from being successful in a job, moving forward in career, being uh, valued at work, your input being valued the collaboration, the creativity, all of that goes into inspiring you as a human being personally. Your kids, all that I was not a domestic, so I so get that, but your kids, you can certainly find value in motherhood, right? But that's Mm -hmm. a long game. That's never going to end. And at some point, you got to cut the cleaver and you got to you can't identify yourself in your children. You can't that you can't live vicariously through your children and have all your value come through your children. And that's when you become one of those psycho moms. And the other thing, when you say, "Well, I just couldn't do it," or "I I can't do it," that's not true. You are doing it. And you can do it. You just maybe aren't going to do it full time, a hundred percent of the time, all the time. Be at home with your kids. Mm-hmm. You're doing it. You do it every day. You can do it. Mm-hmm. So it's not that you're not doing it. It's that you're trying to find a balance and do that and something else. Yes. Oh, are you spreading yourself too thin? That's up to you. This is why you're talking about getting childcare. If you can afford to get some childcare, <laughs> I'm all for that because it does help you. It, it helps you re-energize but, yourself so you bring more. On. I, I want to go back to that for a second on the childcare thing because I think that there is a lot of guilt in women about securing childcare in exchange for money. They think that they are the ones who need to be around their children full time or they are not really being a good mother. And there is like this 
trade-off here. And the way that like I went thinking about it, because I went into motherhood thinking that I was going to be Mother Teresa to my children. <laughs> and I didn't even really know who Mother Teresa is, but I just imagined that I was going to be this barefoot children clinging to me at all times. And I was going to be, it was going to be heaven for me. And it was not. It's much more difficult than heaven. And I remember trying to get myself to a place because I was like, I swore that I would never pay somebody to take care of my kids. I swore to myself I would never do that. So how can I get myself to a place where I actually acknowledge the importance of childcare and the value that it adds? And what I came down to was it is important for other fulfilled, healthy people to be pouring into my children rather than me strapping myself too much and being a fucking frazzled ass mom around my kids 24-7, you know? Yeah, you've got to be exposed to other people. It's not even just that. There's so much more to that. Pretty soon they're going to go to school and they're going to be around teachers every day and strangers and different kids. You can't isolate them and shelter them just and insulate them so they're only used to you and they're not used to dealing with other forms of authority and being able to adapt and get along and survive in the world that a lot of different people that are going to be very unlike you. You know what I'm saying? So yes. I don't think. And also, once again, I'm going to say that again. You are not those things. You're just not those things full time. So again, it's not that you're not Mother Teresa. It's not that I'm sure when you are with your kids, I've seen you on TikTok. You're playing with them. You're involved. You're in your present. You're present. And you just don't need to be with them 24-7. Independent children are actually, I, don't, I hate statistics, but statistically independent children are more successful. That was me. I was the independent child. I can't tell if it was by choice or by nature, like by choice or by default. How do you tell how much of a person is innate versus what they've been conditioned to be? It's also just the, the way things present themselves too. Again, it's one thing after another that led to another that led me to move out at 17. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes you're just, you're forced to become independent. You don't really have a choice. Uh, sometimes you're one of those people that just has to learn on your own and you're rebellious or whatever. There's lots of different reasons why uh, people are independent. But also a lot of parents, my sister was one of them. I mean, her kids knew how to make the bed and iron and wash and do everything by the time they were like three. It was crazy. I mean, she just wanted those kids. And I used to think, God, she just doesn't want to do anything at all. She just wants them. But my God, I mean, her kids, like, didn't have any problem going away to college. And I don't even want to brag about my sister's kids. But believe me, they did very well. Because I am they were so very jealous because I am a firm believer. I'm a firm believer. If you want your children to be something in life, you have to be able to model it to them. I have been so stressed out about my kids not having like basic things because I don't do them. Like yeah. laundry, I picked up fluff and fold before I got on this call. Okay. I fucking hate okay, laundry. That's funny. I hate laundry. Oh my God. It's 
I can do it all day long. I can't. Don't ask me to fold it. I don't want to fold it. I can't even do it. I just cannot fold it. Oh, no, I I can do it. I just can't fold it. And I know that I'm perpetuating a limiting belief by saying I can't. (laughs) You can't. You're just not. I can. I don't want to. I don't want to. Which is okay. I say that to myself every single day. Every day I say that to myself. Why aren't you doing this? Oh, yeah, because I don't want to. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) This is good enough for me. If you are the other woman in your relationship and you love this podcast, you would love the Other Women community. The Other Women community is a membership program designed to help other women just like you reclaim their relationship with themselves and heal from their affair. We provide a safe and supportive environment for you to open up and talk about your experiences. We give you the tools and resources you need to grow into an authentic, empowered individual. If you're ready to take the next step in your healing journey, head on over to theotherwomanandthewife.com backslash community to learn more about the membership and all it has to offer. I don't think I value money the way maybe people that are hanging on by the rim like that because... I just am of the feeling that things are going to work out like you're still alive, right? Just take it one day at a time. If you just tackle each problem and find a solution to each problem each day and stop looking in the future of I'm going to be homeless living on the street corner with my children begging for money because I can't get a job. That's why I say start talking to a lot of different people. Somebody is going to give you a break. You we're talking to somebody about mili- a military wife. I can't remember. I'm Katie. so bad at this. Yeah, Katie. I had a military wife that lived with me for a long time because she was getting a divorce and I gave her an opportunity. I knew she didn't have any money. She didn't have a job. I said, just come live with me for three months and get yourself on your feet. Talk wow. to people. Find someone that can help How you. How did you know she was going to leave? I knew her. I'd known her my whole life. She was my uh, niece's really good friend. She'd had a really rough life. Her mom, I don't know, whatever. She rough life. So she married a military guy and had a baby right away. And then he was cheating on her. It was this whole infidelity thing, like over and over and gave her an STD. And then I just said, stop, get out of there. And so I said, just come here and you bring your daughter. Come here. You can stay here for three months. It ended up being a year. Fine. And But she ended up becoming a paralegal. And now she's doing great. She has her own place, two cats, her daughter's growing up. Everything's great. But she needed somebody to help her. She asked you know? for help. She asked for help. She she is a really smart girl. She didn't ask for help, but she just called at a really opportune time and said, hey, here's what's going on with me. Do you have any suggestions for me? Oh. And then I offered help. Yeah. Even her asking for suggestions is like asking for help. Yeah, it was more in a business sense she wanted to know if i if i knew any where she could get a job and i was like okay come here do this we'll figure it out and we did we got her a job she she had a couple different jobs and then so it sounds like the first step into solving the money dilemma dilemma in the for richer or poorer narrative is asking for help yeah especially if it's poorer she didn't have anything if you don't have parents that can support you i was super lucky my parents my mom everybody was there everybody babysat for me my mom and my dad i never had to really worry about that i was so lucky i had that support system if you have that you're golden but if you don't have that then yeah get a network start networking start talking to people don't be afraid to talk to people you don't have to say i'm getting a divorce you just 
you don't even have to talk about any of that. You just need to say, I'm at a point in my life where I'm looking for a career or I want to get a job. Do you know anybody that's hiring or looking for an assistant or looking for, there's lots of things that you can do. That's how she did it. She just said, Gina, and she ended up getting a job as an assistant to somebody for a while and then just went from there. Man, it really is just that first step though, isn't it? Yeah, you have, like for me, I had to make that phone call and I had my friend say, please don't embarrass me. Please don't call this woman. She offered me the job, not you. You you have to take the chance. You have to put yourself out there. You can't, you're never going to be able to get a divorce sitting at home. (laughs) Sorry, your husband's not going to support you. He's not going to say, oh, here's the door. Let me give you half of our money. Have a nice life. Go find another uh, father for my children. Sure, go. It's just not, that's not how it works. So sitting at home, talking to your husband every day. Okay, that's great, whatever. But if you really want out, you got to make a plan that doesn't involve him. Because when you get into a divorce, things can get pretty ugly pretty quick. Wow. I am opining on something that I have never experienced. (laughs) Some of us have been through it, unfortunately. I don't think all divorces are the same. We've talked about that. Everybody's marriage is different. I'm talking about what you're talking about in the situation where she's no, saying, and I you know, like that you are because and- I like that you are because this is one of the things that's been so hard for me with this audience thing is we relate on some things, but not every single thing. I was born into this life with a safety net, and I'm so grateful for that safety net. I'm not I am not a proud person about money. I think that money serves a purpose and I want to have a healthy relationship with money. I do not want to live in feast or famine mode with money. What I want is for money to come and go as it is intended to for me and I want my efforts to be realized in the value that other people place on it because I think that money is just an indicator of how other people value it. I think the best thing you can do for yourself with money is just the same rule of thumb for a lot of things. Be independent. Be financially independent. The best thing you can do is not rely on somebody else to financially take care of you. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this podcast episode. We appreciate your support and would love to hear your thoughts on it. If you've made it this far, you're likely someone who's invested in the journey of being the other woman. We understand that this can be a difficult and complex experience, which is why we offer guided coaching to help you heal and move forward. We encourage you to explore the links in the episode description or visit theotherwomanandthewife.com slash coaching to learn more about our exclusive coaching program and apply today. Thank you again for your support, and we look forward to seeing you in the next episode.